This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 270 with Nicole Sylvester. Show notes for this episode, including all links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 270. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Nicole Sylvester is an international best-selling author of O Shift, A Journey from Chaos to Consciousness, and the host of the O Shift Show podcast. She is a shameless single mom to her 13-year-old daughter, a spiritual success coach, and a transformational speaker on a mission to guide people home to themselves to discover their innate power. She supports thousands of people per year through her online programs, private coaching, and retreats. I heard Nicole on an interview probably two months ago and was blown away by her story. I immediately ordered her book and read the whole thing very quickly, like in the matter of a couple days. Her story is so riveting and compelling and mind-blowing. The whole time I was reading it, like you forget that you're reading a true story because it doesn't seem like so many things could happen to one person. Nicole is a survivor of abuse. She is a survivor of addiction, currently in recovery. She is a survivor of a woman being murdered in her own home at the hands of her ex-boyfriend. So you are in for 
a treat, but I will tell you there, like I might want to give a little trigger warning as well, because there's a lot of things that we touch on in here that might be a little triggering for you. But Nicole's story is a story that like everyone needs to hear. I just feel like there's so much value to be learned that anyone can make something of their life and turn around the worst possible circumstances and get themselves out of unimaginable places. And you're going to see that over and over again when you hear Nicole tell her story. So listen in to hear Nicole share how she survived rock bottom when her ex-boyfriend murdered a woman in her home, how she drugged her abusive boyfriend to escape with her daughter, how she turned a life of addiction and abuse into a life of service and purpose, the power and purpose of radical compassion, how to move into the lesson in leadership phase of your story, why you need to start with celebration in your life in order to get over feeling like you're not enough. So you're going to love Nicole's story. You're going to want to hear more. You definitely need to read her book. And I could not be more excited and more honored to be introducing you to Nicole Sylvester. Nicole Sylvester, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so, so excited to have you here and to hear your story today. Thank you so much. Me too. I'm excited to share and chat. Oh my gosh. And I'm like honored to have you here because I heard you on a podcast interview over on Heather McDonald's show, Juicy Scoop, probably like, I don't know, six weeks ago. And your story blew me away. And I immediately Instagram stalked you as I do with many people. And so I reached out to you and I was like, will you please come on my show? Your story is so amazing. And you were like in the middle of a retreat in Bali or something. And you said, yes. So I just so appreciate you taking the time to be here in the middle of a really busy life. Absolutely. I love this. I feel like I'm just chatting with like cool women. If someone invites me and it looks like someone I would hang out with, I'm like, let's do it. Yes. Yes, totally. And that's the beauty of podcasting. Like there's no pretenses. Like there's, you don't have to be fancy. You can just show up and have a chat with a girlfriend. Exactly. That's why I'm just like, I love it. So I'm like, I'm down. Let's do it. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Well, thank you. This is going to be a fun conversation. And I think people are going to be pretty blown away by your story, but also really inspired. So let's go ahead and get started and tell us a little bit about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now. Yeah, dynamics. I would say that even though I teach spirituality and mindfulness and all these things, that like my life is still I'm constantly in the work, constantly <laughs> in the practice, right? I'm like totally. a single mom. My daughter's turning 13 in three days. Oh my <laughs> and, gosh. You know, it's like, so people think that like, you don't get it. You're awakened now. And I'm like, bullshit. No, I'm not. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm very aware, but we're always doing the work. It's a constant yeah. practice. So I would say that's not in my bio, but it's definitely in my brand if you pay attention. Yeah. So that's that. But I enjoy it, though, because it's part of the journey and it's part of the growth and the challenges, you know. So, yeah. I think that's great. And I totally agree. I think when you start to get public attention, people assume that means you must have a really like organized life or something. You're like, nope, nope, just completely flying by the seat of my pants and seeing where I'm going to land and trying to be like humble and gracious along the way. Yeah. I've actually built my business and brand from the place of like, I'm going to just be really open about not trying to be perfect so yeah. that no one tries to hold me to that. Because I love that. It's given me so much freedom. Even with my podcast, I say it's unedited because I don't want to A, invest in the editing. I want to keep it light and easy for me. I want to keep it fun. And I want other people to like recognize like we can show up and just be ourselves and still 
make it work, still make it powerful. Yes, yes. And I think that such a powerful message and it gives us permission to, Brooke Castillo talk, calls it B minus work. Like it gives you permission to do B minus work and still yeah. have a major impact. Like you can have a major impact doing B minus work. It does not have to yeah. be A plus. <laughs> I feel like it's A plus if it comes from love. Yeah. And you're in the space of service. Like I still right. feel like A plus. Right. It's relative. But because... Right. I'm still like on that, like, well, I don't like to call it B plus. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, that's an important. I haven't heard that yet, but I'm still adjusting to that. <laughs> right, right. Well, and I think that you're right. Like if it comes from a good place, it doesn't matter if you have a pretty logo. I think that's where like the B minus thing comes in is like, if you're serving and you're being conscientious, then it's okay. Like if there's a typo here and there and like those kinds of things, that yeah. I think sometimes we otherwise might get really caught up in and spend way too much time on. So yeah. Or like my hair is a mess, but I have this message and I don't want to wait for my Facebook live until totally. I shower and put on, you know, tinted moisturizer. <laughs> like, let me, right. I'm just showing up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So tell us about your journey to becoming a shameless mom, because your journey has been that of a warrior for sure. Tell us what you've endured on the road to motherhood and how becoming a shameless mom has allowed you really to save yourself in the process. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was like saving myself because I felt super shameful. I didn't even know what that was. I just felt depressed. I was like, I had addictions. I mean, basically, ever since I was little, I didn't really know what shame meant. But if I look back, I did feel shameful because my dad was dealing with a heroin addiction. And I would go with my dad on drug runs. You know, I watched him overdose. My mom was like struggling with that. She turned to drinking. And I just looked at our, all of us as less than. Like I just saw that we were different and that we were struggling. And I just didn't think that this life was like going to give me something good. Like I thought like this is what I got and I'm just going to be like stuck with this hand kind of thing. And I turned to drugs and alcohol at a very young age, 15, I was numbing. I found myself in the same situations as my mom and dad, boyfriends that beat me up. When they got upset, I, you know, drugs and the fighting and all these things. And at age, what was it, 23, I ended up having my daughter. And again, in an abusive relationship. And I was struggling with my own addictions, not while I was pregnant with her, but before and after I turned back to it. And I just felt like the worst, like I felt the worst. And I just kept numbing over the compounding shame and pain and regret and guilt of everything that I felt and trauma. And it came to a climax when my daughter's father like basically threw one of her toys at my head. It was a wooden like puzzle or something. He threw it at my head in a fight and I had to get 10 staples in my scalp. And at that time, I just knew that I had to get away from him or I was going to die. So literally like in the next like two weeks, he wouldn't let me leave with my daughter and I had to drug him. I used the Xanax that I had prescribed to me and I put them in his food. I put them in his tea and I escaped. And then six weeks later, he murdered a woman in our home that he must've been dating or I'm not really even sure of the true story there, but that was like the holy crap, wake up. But it definitely was the end of the shame because that was just now I had the stigma of being a single mom, which there's definitely a stigma around that. And just like my own stories around it. But then also one that was like, had to get sober and one that now had to deal with this story that my daughter's father is in jail for murder. Yeah. And what I was going to have to tell her when she was old enough to understand, because at the time she was just under two. So I felt anything but shameless, <laughs> but the shameless <laughs> part came in when I recognized that like, I'm just torturing myself. 
I'm torturing myself. I'm living in anxiety I, to the point where it was a panic disorder. I couldn't even cross the street by myself sometimes because I felt like I developed this agoraphobia, this thing with going outside. And it was all because of the trauma and the pain that I was like living inside of my own mind. Right. So that's why I went off on a healing journey. In the book at length about, you just hit on like 17 stories that you share at length in the book. So that was from like childhood till you know, 26. And then it continued. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So in the book, as you're talking through kind of all these different things, what I found so interesting, and I think is so important when we share stories is it becomes really easy to see, you know, people say like, I would never stay in an abusive relationship, or I would never, you know, if I felt a problem with drugs creeping on, like I would just stop. We have a hard time being empathetic until we really hear like the ins and outs and the deep, dark parts of someone's story. And as I was reading your story and chapter after chapter, which I literally could not put down, I found like a lot of connection and empathy thinking like, I get why you would stay. And it makes sense that this like that it would be really hard to change things. And I remember especially multiple times were selling drugs and selling drugs like yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah. <laughs> like, so you're selling them it, between states, like getting on yeah. planes with drugs taped to you yeah. to move them between cities. And if someone would have told me that, like, that this woman did this, I would have been like, well, why wouldn't she just say no? But when you're reading the book, you're like, yeah, I kind of see why you did. Like, It's so yeah. interesting as you hear someone's story, things become way more clear in terms of like, I kind of understand why she would say yes to that. And I understand like with all these extenuating circumstances, it makes sense that she would have felt at that time that was, you know, your best option. Right. And so I really appreciate how much you shared and the level of vulnerability that you opened yourself up to, because I think that it makes it so much more powerful for all of us to look at our own stories in a way from a place of power rather than a place of, you know, being afraid of being exposed or being afraid that like there's something wrong with us. Or like you said, coming from a place of less than. Right. Well, that's where shame is developed in the parts where you're like, yeah, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but I can't stop. I don't know how to stop. I don't know how to live in a different way. It's like I knew when my first boyfriend at age 17, you know, like I shared in the book where he pushed me down and all of a sudden he became violent. It was shocking. It was heartbreaking. But like at the same time, I felt like I needed him. I wanted him to fix it, to prove it right. And eventually I left him and then he kidnapped me and beat me up, raped me and all those things. Right. So it was like, there's so much that goes on, especially when it comes to women being abused. It's such a sickness in a way. Mm -hmm. And especially if the women that are in abusive relationships grew up in abusive homes, because like someone who is loved by someone that just loves them openly, listens to them, cares about them, appreciates them. That's different. But if you're in a situation where your parents are basically choosing drugs over you and are neglecting you in their own ways, and you don't know how to get love without also receiving pain, it's kind of muddied for you, right. you know? So right. it's really deep. I mean, eventually you can break free from it as I have, but the reason I share it and the reason why someone needed to write this story and now I hear from all the people that have similar stories, there's so many women that are living the so-called, like their life looks perfect on the outside and inside. They can't wait till they go home and drink wine because they're dealing right. with some suffering some trauma from like abusive boyfriend from the past or from making a poor choice that they cannot forgive themselves for. Right. Right. And it's just, we can't do that to ourselves and we shouldn't do it to each other. But if we do it to ourselves, we're definitely going to do it to our sisters. So it's learning to just have radical compassion Mm -hmm. and understand that like some of this stuff just doesn't make sense. But of course from the outside it does. 
I love that the term radical compassion. I think that's a powerful term and that can be a challenge for people. But I think that that's like the ultimate goal is to be able to look at someone else's story and be empathetic and compassionate and not judge unless you've walked a day in their shoes. And even if you've walked a day in their shoes, still not judging. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, it's very digestible, and the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. Yeah, but also it has to be from yourself. I found that the people that are like the least judging for themselves can offer that to someone else. Yeah, you can't offer that to anyone else. It took me learning to love myself and be like, okay, you've done these things, but like, give yourself some grace. Like you were in a different place. You had a different life lens. Like 
just give yourself some grace. And now when I see other people doing things, whether it's big or small, you know, it's about forgiving them. Like, look, there's people that commit suicide every day for things that I think aren't a big deal. But to them, it's a huge deal. Right. Right. So it's all of us just committing to like, can we be a little bit lighter? Like life doesn't come with a manual. We all have different triggers. We all have different emotions, upbringings, but it's so easy to look to someone else and think that we know it all. Right. So you bring up a really great point that people do end their lives over some of the situations that you found yourself in. Like they feel like they cannot find a way out. They cannot recover. They don't know how to rebuild or build something after that. How did you start to powerfully and positively move forward from your past and be able to like own your past experiences, but also move forward in a way that you don't feel like your life is limited because of your past experiences? Yeah. You know, at first it was like, well, I'm just going to ignore these experiences and pretend they aren't there and build a life. Which I'm sure and, worked really, really well. Yeah. <laughs> it worked <laughs> until like, you know, until I went home at night and I couldn't sleep. Right, and right. To like you know, have an anxiety disorder. And I did other things like over exercise Mm -hmm. and just, it was crazy. But what I found was at the, like, when I got sober and my life got so like seemingly better, I found spirituality. Mm -hmm. And it was because I had such panic attacks. I was diagnosed with a panic disorder, like I said, and I was given medication and it just made me feel like a zombie. And I was like, I don't want to feel like this. And one of my friends like mentioned meditation and my doctors are mentioning yoga. And I'm like, no, that's BS. Like, <laughs> that's not going to help this. Right, <laughs> you know? right. But when I went to who became one of my mentors, Michael Beckwith, Michael Bernard Beckwith, he has a spiritual center in LA. I went there and it just touched me. I talk about this in my book. And his whole teachings are that there's parts of you that can never be damaged or broken by anything that you've done. Like nothing from your past can like prevent your potential from being expressed if you choose to do so. And I just kept listening and it was like speaking to me on some level and I just kept kind of testing it and trying. And, you know, eventually like there was just things that were being born, inspiration to have events, inspiration to show up and inspire other women. And then it became clear that I was to share my story that I was hiding and lying because I was not going to make like, it's okay. Now it's different. I have a book, I have a platform so I can say, guys, guess what? This is my past. But if I were just walk into my job, you know, a new job, I moved to Los Angeles and I'm like, okay guys, so my daughter's father's in jail for murder. And I used to transport large amounts of cocaine. And that's basically why I didn't have a job for five years because I was living off of that. People would be like, get away from me. This woman is drama. <laughs> yeah, you can't really you know? own That's such yeah. a great point. Like you can only own the story at a certain point or a certain way because if you're having to like live a life like to pay the bills, I mean, that's a really, really valid point. I mean, there's ways. So I always tell people when they're asking me, how do you share your story? Because I feel like we are really put through these challenges and tests in life to help each other. Like, I truly believe that we're here to help each other and that we should share our story. But we know when it's the right time. Like you share your story when you're in the space of lesson and leadership versus in the chaos of it. Yes. Oh, I love that distinction. Yeah. It doesn't mean that there's shame while you're in that, but that's like your time to really go inward and to learn the lesson. So it's knowing that and that there's beauty there. So if you can just really embrace it, see what you need to learn and you'll move into leadership and lesson stage of it faster when you just surrender to like, okay, like right now, like right now I teach about money consciousness, but like I was on welfare like three years ago, (laughs) like, you know, so it's like, I couldn't be like, okay, guys, I'm doing a Facebook live. I'm on welfare now. And, you know, 
I wasn't on Facebook Live then. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so but it doesn't mean that you can't inspire people and share things. It's just that that's not your like lesson to share and to own and to you can't teach from that space yet. Right. I had a coach tell me one time that you need like basically space and grace to have perspective of an yeah. event and that's so true. We went through infertility treatments a couple of years ago and trying to get pregnant with a second child. And I was like, I thought I didn't care about the outcome very much. So I was like, I'm just going to like share this as we're going through it. It'll be fine. Yeah. And then, oh my God, and then it didn't work. And I was devastated. And I had like made this commitment to like, I'm going to share the story like on social media on these certain days. And I had to like show up and share the story in the most raw place. And I don't regret doing it, but I do wish that I had given myself a little more space and grace around the whole thing because it's hard to show up like the day after you've learned that like you aren't going to have a second child and be like, so here's my top three lessons. (laughs) I was like, I can barely breathe right now. And so that was a really valuable lesson to me that I knew it was a story I wanted to share, but it would have felt better to me to have some space to share that story rather than to be like, well, I scheduled it for 10 a.m. on Monday. So. Right. One perspective is this, like something in you wanted to share. Maybe yeah. that was like you wanted to connect and you wanted to yeah. be out there. But it's like, and then if you change your mind, like we have the permission to change our mind, but our ego is like, no, you said that you're going to do it right. at that time. So now you suck at life. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, so, right. like, so I think it's like, let's be real. There's no rules in any of this, but I think that Whenever you share a story, it's going to feel uncomfortable in the beginning. I remember when I did my like coming out video, Mm. it was almost three years ago. And that was before I had a business. My business was about to start, but this was when I got the pool to come out. And I remember sharing the idea that I'm going to share this video about my truth with someone that I admired at the time. And if you could have seen her face, she looked at me like I was nuts. Like I would never share something like that publicly. And then I started like thinking like, should I share this video? And I was having vulnerability hangover before the video even went live. (laughs) But it was like horrible. I felt all of these things, but it was so crazy because once I shared that video, I knew from, from the responses from other people that the things that I hated about myself were actually going to bring me closer to other people. And it was like, okay, this is meant to be shared because there's so many people out there that are not able to share for whatever reason. Maybe they're not ready. Maybe they can't because of their job or whatever. And I can. So I need to be the voice for that. Right. So that's why I just show up anyway. But some of it, yeah, is uncomfortable. You write about a lot of people in your book who, I mean, like some people who are really abusive to you and you write about your parents having their struggles with addiction. What has been the impact of sharing those other people's stories in your story? And some of those people, like it's one thing when it's an abusive ex-boyfriend who clearly like you aren't yeah, super like, cared about his feelings. Right. Yeah. You're <laughs> yeah, not concerned like, about yeah. his feelings. You might be concerned about your safety if he knows that you're sharing the story. Yeah. So there's that piece of it. But then especially with your parents, like how has that played out sharing that story with the world? Yeah, I would say my parents, my dad, like last Thanksgiving was a little bit like, I could tell that he was resistant. Mm. And he was like, well, if you're going to write a book and like had like this attitude and kind of just had a boundary about it, about like, this is my truth. And I'm sharing my story for the reason it needs to be shared. Mm -hmm. And that was it. And we had a little disagreement about it. And then ever since then, he's been actually really proud of me. My dad is open about his journey. And my family was very openly chaotic. They would have fights. There would be cops at my house all the time. It's not a, like, this is not a hidden thing. So 
if it were hidden and no one knew, maybe it would be more difficult. But I would say the most uncomfortable part for me was writing about my daughter's father that I drugged him because he doesn't know that I, mm. that I drugged him. It was something I just had to do because I had to leave. He probably yeah. thinks he just fell into a deep sleep and I left. So that scared me. But at the end of the day, I wanted to share that because I was like, well, what if there's a woman out there that is trying to figure out how to leave? And I'm not right. drugging someone, but I'm right, right. is being resourceful and do what you need to do yes. because that same man shot a woman in the head six weeks later. Yes. Oh, that gives me goosebumps every time you say that. And that story of drugging him, like that wasn't something that you were like thinking about, like, okay, sometime in the next month, like you came up with that no. really quickly and you got yourself out of there really quickly. And I mean, when you talk about resourcefulness, I feel like there's moments. And I think, you know, when there's abuse and trauma, these are the things that happen. I remember doing an interview with someone who was in a rape attempt and she's like, you don't know what you will do until you're right there. And then you just do things to like save yourself. And you exactly. look back and you're like, I don't even know how I did it. And I feel like that situation for you that you were just so quickly, like it came to you and you just acted on it. And I thought it was so brilliant. So do you know if he knows now? Are you in contact with him? Oh, I don't think he knows. I mean, I don't contact with him. I don't have contact with anyone in his family. I mean, I don't think he thinks that I'm even doing this well because yeah. when he left He's me, like it was hard you're... for me to, yeah, he was the one that had it together. <laughs> that was the two of us. So, you know, but that just goes to show there was something about like when I walked into my house and I saw that like this woman's blood and I talk about her in the book and just pay like my gratitude to her. Yeah. And I have over the years is that when I saw her blood in my closet, it was the most intense feeling of like, wow, like now I have this chance. Right. I'm alive. This right. woman has died. And I feel like she died in my mess, kind of. And it just made me feel like I need to get my life together. And I didn't think I was going to be a coach or best-selling author or any of these things. I just thought I need to get sober. I need to be a good mom. I need to break the patterns that have been in my family for generations of addiction and domestic violence. And I did. So that was that was great. But then other things pop up. <laughs> it's like, like I said, there's still work. So yeah, that was really... The only thing I had it on the opposite side, there's a funny feeling I had was like, well, some people be hurt that I didn't write about them in the book, <laughs> like, you know, oh. and I started feeling like, because I started just cutting all sorts of people because I wanted it to be very like clear and just, you know, I didn't want to have to develop a bunch of characters. I mean, people love the book. They read it in like one to three days. Yes. Three oh days. my gosh. You literally like cannot put it down. It's so Thank compelling. You. And yeah. I mean, the whole time you're like, you read it and you think you're reading a novel because it's so kind of packed. Like my life has been like three like lifetime movies. Like it's yes. like a lifetime series. <laughs> totally. <laughs> like, so the whole time you're reading, you're like, you're reminding yourself like, oh my God, and this is real. It's real. It's yeah. crazy. How long is your daughter's father in prison for? He got... 16 to 25 or 16 to 27 years. So, I mean, it's been 10 years. So if he could get out like in six years, I guess I have to like check on it, but we haven't had contact with him. Like my daughter has written him. He hasn't responded. Okay. I actually have been talking to my coach and I'm going to write him because, mm. you know, my daughter just has all sorts of emotions around this. Yeah. And I just want to write him like, can you write her back? Like, that's all I need from you. <laughs> like I've done the raising, I've done all these things, but can you just respond with something? So that's been on my to-do list for like two weeks. I haven't done it yet, but I 
I plan to. That's a big to-do list item. Yeah. <laughs> That's not like write a new blog post, publish a podcast. Yeah. I mean, That's those things big. are done. I get those done pretty quick. So my coach is a pastor, but he's also mm-hmm. a life coach, Tim Story. I don't know if you oh, know him. I'm I remember sure. you mentioning him in your book and I follow him on social media. Oh, no, so that's- I was familiar. Oh, yeah, not my book on the podcast. Maybe or... that was it. Maybe that was it. Maybe it's yeah. a podcast. Yeah, I've seen you reference him. Yeah, he's awesome. And, you know, I asked him what his thoughts were on it. And he was like, yeah. So I was just like, you know, I'm going to roll with it and see. But that's the thing with all of this. Some people might say, well, why would you ever write them? My family says that. But at the same time, it's like we all process things differently. We all need different things. And as a parent, as a mom, we have to be there for our kids and try to do the best in what they need. Right. Because for me, I could be fine never speaking to him. But for her, she wants answers and questions and she's going to seek them whether I'm a part of it or not. Right, right. What does she know about the backstory? She knows all of it. She knows all of it. I wouldn't put it out there and not tell her. Yeah. And, she well, she, and she's old enough to read the book. It's not like if she was like four, yeah, it would be different. To. Yeah, she doesn't want to. I decided to tell her when she was 10, which was right before I came out about my like story and all these things. So I mean, my business, the story, all of these things are pretty new. I just decided I was going to share and I've surrendered my life to helping other people be their highest and best. I don't really work with people that are in abusive relationships. That's my book is to touch those people. The people I work with now are women who are like capable and they're living a life and they just know that there's more for them. Mm -hmm. And I actually work with men doing the same. And it's like really just tapping into like this next level of allowing, receiving more. And you really, it's witnessing your own self and understanding like, wow, no matter what's happened to me, no matter what I've been through, no matter what I said and what I've done in this very moment, I'm worthy. I'm powerful. And I'm one with everything. And that like really just opens us up to a whole new life. I love that. So tell us a little bit about your mission. So you decided to come out with your story. You made the video as like the first step and then you've written the book and now you have the podcast. And so what is your mission and what direction is it going now? And what are you loving about it? So my mission is really just helping people wake up, wake up to what's here available for them. So many people are living in the illusion that something's wrong with them. One of my favorite things to remind people in videos and when I speak publicly is like, there's nothing wrong with you. Like, it's so profound, but like, there's nothing wrong with us. <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> missing from us. Like we're, we spend our lives like this is missing. This is wrong with me. And it's just like this repetitive thing. Like, what if we just stop doing that? And when we stop doing that, we recognize how much we have, Mm -hmm. how capable we are. So it's like, that's really my general mission and helping people learn that to get anything in life and to say yes to our desires, we have to start from celebration. We have to start from being in this space of like, I'm amazing now. I have it now. So it's, it's just helping people that way. But where I'm going, my podcast was just another avenue of like, people love the book, people are reaching out. I love doing Facebook lives, but I recognize that podcasts just have a different kind of reach than Facebook and Instagram. And I love just hopping on and just talking. I don't have to worry about what I look like. I just get on, my thing is unedited. So I get to share, I have these messages that come through me all the time. So I love it. I see all of this just growing and growing. Like my intention is just to get these messages and this work to as many people as I can, because the people that I do work with, the people that do follow me, they do have shifts. And it's beautiful to watch what happens to them when they say, I deserve more. I'm denying myself and I'm done denying myself and I'm done treating myself like I'm my worst enemy. Yeah. I have a private membership community and we've been working on affirmations lately. And it's been amazing to 
hear and see women show up with a list of affirmations and many of them identify like that they feel really uncomfortable putting the affirmations out there where they're like, it feels uncomfortable to say that I'm going to have these things in my life or that I need these things. And that like, it feels like overly indulgent even to be like, I make X amount of money and do these vacations and have this level of confidence and feel like I'm always enough every single day. But it's so cool to see when they do that, like literally like uncomfortable and embarrassed to post these on our private Facebook page. And once you put that stuff out there, like the power behind it, it's so exciting and liberating. It's like freeing. You're like, oh, this is where I'm going now. Instead of feeling like, I don't know, maybe someday, but could I really like, it's just a very different mentality. And it's so interesting because it's like, if we can't own it in like intimate groups or even to ourselves and say it out loud, then like, it's not coming. Right, right. It's just not like, because deep down, it's like you're choosing that's not for you. Mm-hmm. So it's so powerful. And it, it is interesting because like, that's just such a little like that ego kickback. That's like, no, you can't. There's like a really funny meme that's going around right now. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's the, it's like when you're trying to do your affirmations and there's like, the woman's like, I'm abundant. My life is wealthy. And and then there's another like face of her at the top. And it's like, you're broke. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> totally. it's like, that's how. It is some days, right? <laughs> totally, totally. But it's literally like the only way out of being broke is to know that you're going to get out of being broke. And if you don't put that stuff out there, it's real easy to stay in the cycle of being broke. And, and that's like, you're not broke. Like where none of us are broke. And it's like in America, we have this thing where we're like looking out at like the Kardashians or something. Yeah. And we're looking at whatever. And we're like, but wait, they made $21 million on the release of their lip gloss today. And I am so broke. But it's like, meanwhile, you live in a home, you have running water, like you have all these things start from there. And now we recognize like everything can change, but there also requires action. And yeah, there's so many pieces, but I appreciate that. Yes, it totally requires action. And it really requires showing up for yourself over and over and over again. Do you have setbacks where you have to like, coach yourself through it or yeah. and reg- like, so talk about that a little bit, like regressions into old mindsets and habits and how you kind of refocus yourself. So if I like, for me, one of the most triggering things for me is like, if I make a really big investment and my bank account goes like from, you know, high five figures to four or yeah. like even, you know, three, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and I'm like, even if it's for one day, I remember this story of like, you're being financially responsible or, like, are you going to like lose everything? I think at when you get down to everybody's like fears around money, it's like this fear of you're going to lose everything. And it's crazy. So that being said, I'll feel that, but I used to feel it and it would hit me deep for like a couple of days. And that was like probably last year, but like now I'll make big investments. I'll make big decisions fast and I replenish really fast but it's like always having to remind myself if I hear something, I'm like, that's a lie. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. This is me having conversations with myself. But, you know, it's like you feel a pattern of like, oh, this isn't going to work or people aren't going to buy that. Or I'll, I'll give you an example. I was actually I was selling this bestseller incubator. First time I ran this program, it's a nine month program. So it's long for something I run. And because I set it out in the motion when I was in Bali, like the last week of July, and people were buying it and it was great, but that was like for one week while I promoted it. And then I just kind of went quiet on it. I had my assistant sharing it, 
But like I had zero excitement about it because I was focusing on packing my whole life and moving from California to Pennsylvania. So for about a week and a half, I didn't do anything. And I get to Pennsylvania and I wake up like two days later and I'm like, holy crap, there's like no one really in this program. week and like enrollment closes in a week and I was just like I felt this like feeling of like I was walking around my house with coffee and I felt this old fear of like no one's gonna buy this why'd you have this program and I was like bullshit I was like why am I believing that lie and then I like went back into getting so excited about it and I was like I get to choose I get to choose but I also have to choose to show up for this and I have to be like so freaking excited about this because if I'm not excited about it no one else is going to be And I got so excited and I made so much money in a short amount of time. And it was like, so far it's been a record breaking launch and it's the first time I've ever run this. Like, so it was awesome, but it was so like, I could have went either way on that one day when I woke up like that, I could have kept in this like self-loathing doubt nonsense and looked out at the world. Like no one has the money for this and people don't really want to write their book or I could have been like, I know plenty of people with $25,000 in a bank and they have no problem paying me in full for this program. And like only two people paid in payment plans or actually three. So Isn't it was crazy. Interesting. I had a recent experience offering like a paid in full option for something versus a monthly payment thing. And I was blown away by who paid in full. And I was kind of, it's really interesting as an entrepreneur, the mental gymnastics you do over setting prices on things and the way that like your mind goes in all sorts of directions and then you see things starting to sell and you're like, that was just all me being in my own Mm -hmm. head way too much. Like this is not about anyone else or their ability to pay for this or their desire to pay for this. Like people clearly want this and they'll find a way to make it work. But here I was like flipping out about someone else's business, essentially. They're going to figure out their own business and decide if it's worth it, if it's going to work for them. That's exactly like I told my client today, I was like, it's none of our business how someone else comes up with the money for anything of ours because even me I mean I paid for personal development things like Tony Robbins events silent retreats when I was like basically destitute (laughs) like I had to like come up with it and if someone you know if there was like a Dave Ramsey of the world would come into my life they would have been like you're so irresponsible but I knew that it was something I had to do and like I'm glad because I mean, look what I've done with my business. My business is multiple six figures yeah. and it's just going to keep growing, but yeah. I have to keep growing mm-hmm. and I have to keep taking bigger risk and understand, like I did this on my Instagram today that we have to reimagine risk if we want to live our best life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just what I'm willing to do. So what have you, in terms, you know, I would imagine given the stories that you shared in the book that you didn't have a lot of people in your life with an abundant mindset. <laughs> Oh God, no. Around you. So how have you, because I think that's a huge part of it too. When you're looking to change your mindset around just, you know, abundance, whether this is in relationship to money or energy or anything, it's really hard to do that if you're in a living in a world of scarcity with everyone around you. So how did you start to change your inner circle so that you were with people who were of a similar mindset and you could kind of, you know, be with that energy versus feeling restricted by scarcity energy? Yeah. I mean, I went into like a basically incubation and I'm big on incubation. I tell this to my clients, like you're not going to go out in the first six months of you transforming your life. And most likely you're not going to find your like business besties as they call them, or, (laughs) you know, like you're not going to find that you met, but you don't need it. You need to recognize that there's something in you that's guiding you. 
and that there's an intelligence that's at work. And if you feel called and you see a vision that is you living a life that is so much more than what you see today, then it's your job to birth it. So go inward. Look at what you need to do. For me, I was just like, I understand for the next year or however many years it takes that I'm not going to be traveling that much. I'm going to focus on birthing this. And that's what I did. And for a period of time, people would invite me out to do stuff. And I was just like, no. And there were times where people would invite me to things I wanted to do. And I was like, I don't have the money for parking, to pay for parking at that location. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there were things like that. But I just saw it all as temporary. And I think that's what people get caught up on is they see their problems or their temporary things. This is just the season. And it's a season that you get to dig yourself out of. You get to build and just see it as a building season. Mm -hmm. So I was just there rebuilding my mindset, rebuilding my life. And I was just being nourished off of my vision. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, You are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. And I knew that I was going to be, at first, I was just like, I just want to make $100,000. I remember thinking making $8,000, $9,000, $10,000 a month, I was going to be set. And now it's like the amount, the time that I can spend that money is like ridiculous nowadays. But it's like, there's bigger, better things. We can always progress. So I would say if you can't get to a big event, I love big events. I love Tony Robbins events. I think they're so fun, but I also love silent retreats. I've gone oh to retreats gosh. in India. Tell me a little about that. Cause I have a friend, actually, I think I, I interviewed, I did interview with my friend Renee. And then I had another friend who did a silent meditation, like a week long silent meditation, I think. And they sound really hard to me. So <laughs> tell me your experience yeah. with them. I feel like they're really like, once you go, like silence is such 
a luxury. And the problem is that when you come back out into like regular yes. life, that it's really loud. Like, it's loud. It's harsh. But you also can just sense you feel people without them speaking. And that's the point of a silent retreat is to get in touch with the rest of your senses and like your sixth sense almost. So for a silent retreat, the first one I went to, I wrote about this in my book. It was an accident. I didn't know it was silent. I thought it was yoga meditation and that there was also talking and whatever. And we got there and there was signs that said in loving silence. And we were like, what? And then it was my girlfriend and I, we went to lunch at the like cafeteria. We were the only ones talking. Everyone was looking at us crazy. And then we realized that there's no talking. So it was four days. And at the end of it, I went home and I was just like, I'm not watching TV anymore. I'm not doing these things. And I didn't. So I got to know me. I got to know my inner voice. And I got to know the discernment between what's mine and what's other people's. So I go twice a year and I recommend them to anyone that wants to go deeper into just living. That's so impressive because that's not how I would choose to spend my vacation time. But I also think that there's huge power in doing new, scary, different things. And I used to own a gym. I owned a gym for a long time. And the first big fitness business building conference that I went to, I went kind of convinced that like it wasn't going to be good. And then it ended up being amazing and being really, really transformative. And it really opened my eyes to like going to things that you're just completely unfamiliar with, where you don't know anyone, where you don't know what to expect. And you think like this could be horrible or it could be amazing. Like, I just don't know. And just going and seeing what you can learn, like obviously choosing somewhat wisely, you know, like doing a little bit of research first. Absolutely. But, But yeah, I think that there's a ton of value in doing things like that and finding magic in new things. I think you have to even be more mindful when there's other people involved. (laughs) If you go to a silent retreat, no matter what the accommodations, no matter what teacher is leading it, although I do feel like, you know, the ones I've gone to, I love the teachers, no matter what teacher is leading it, if it's you going inward and listening to you, you can't go wrong because you are the only person there's no, like, I don't care who the business strategy person is. I've sat down with people that charge thousands of dollars an hour And I've had them give me strategy on my business. And was it a strategy? Yes. Could it be successful? Yes. But it wasn't the strategy meant for me at that time. It didn't excite me. It didn't light me up. It wasn't what I needed. I get my answers. I get the guidance when I'm in silence. And I know how to access it because of those kinds of retreats. That's so great. So I would say go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And find those places, you know, even outside of retreats, like find those places where your mind goes like opens into new areas. And so for me, like I know it's with running, like my mind goes into totally different places than anywhere else in my life. And I haven't been running the last couple of months because of hip injury. And I'm like so craving to get back to it because I know that my mind just works differently while I'm running and all my good ideas come. And so you transcend your mind. Yes, yes. So that's the thing with meditation. There's so many different ways to meditate. I mean, I'm going to go back to Bali because I met a teacher there and he does this active meditation, which is similar to the meditations we did in India. And it's a breathing that helps you transcend your mind faster because when we're meditating, we're either observing and listening or we're working to transcend. But at the end of the day, we want to transcend the surface mind with all the noise. And a lot of it is not even ours. It's things we picked up on. It's like the same reason why you're, you're singing the song that you hate that your kids are playing and you find yourself <laughs> calming it. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, right. you know? So we pick up everything else like that, beliefs, ideas, and things that are just not for us. So when we get to be in silence and 
or we're doing something that transcends that mind, we get to access this greater part of us in this wisdom that is so powerful. So yeah. And before we wrap today, let's talk about our other sponsor, FabFitFun. So FabFitFun Fall Box is here. FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box delivered four times a year with full-size beauty, fashion, home, fitness, and wellness products for just $49.99 a box. FabFitFun is a great gift to yourself or to a loved one. So if maybe you have a daughter going away to college or a friend who's a new mom, this is like getting the best care package ever in the mail. So I will tell you, I just got the fall box. I'm going to make a video of this for you all. I was kind of blown away. So in this box, in the fall box, so they always guarantee that you're going to get at least $200 worth of value, but the fall box is actually worth over $275. And when you order with our link, I'm going to mention in a second, you're going to get it for $39.99. So hang tight. So in the fall box is a Vince Camuto tote bag. There is a six piece brush set. There is wireless headphones. There is the cutest little tea towels. There is a little tea set. So every box is not totally identical, but this is what came in my box. So not every box is the same, but every box is of the same value. And I'm telling you, my box is amazing. So I will make a video and post it on Instagram so you all can see it. But it was super cool. And I was so excited about it. So here's what you're going to do to get your box. You are going to go to fabfitfun.com to sign up. And you're going to use the code shameless at checkout to save $10 off your first box. You can also designate at that point if you want to gift it to someone else. Also, their boxes always sell out and they're in limited supply. So make sure you pop over today. Go over to fabfitfun.com. Use the code shameless at checkout to save $10. And you're going to get your box that's worth well over $200 for only $39.99. I love that. I think it makes so much sense. Okay, so we're nearing the end of our time. And I want to know in what ways you are a shameless mom. And maybe you could incorporate your recent move into that because I think that that was probably a pretty uh, shameless mom moment for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, in a lot of ways, one way I am shameless is I just move and do whatever the hell I want for me and my family because we're all different and unique. But things do come up like when I move. I've moved across country a few times and just all the choices I make. People are like, doesn't your child need stability? Probably, but she probably also needs for us to be happy. Like overall, I feel like we need like connection and we need to be grounded and be happy. So, And she made the things, request for you to move just recently, She did right? make the request, yeah. Because I moved to California twice for us and that was a choice of like, I felt like for my own healing and survival. And then the last to California we moved, I started my business and I got to a point where I'm like, my business is thriving. I can do it anywhere. And like the change of pace sounded okay, but I thought I was going to get here and I thought I was going to hate it and I thought I was going to regret it. And I was worried I would have resentment towards my daughter for it. And I was just willing to move through whatever I need to move through, but I got here and I love it. (laughs) So it's been, it's been great, but you know, there's all sorts of things that come up around that because I'm like, is this okay? And then you watch other people's faces, you hear other people's little, you know, passive aggressive comments. And I'm just like, I just got to be for me. I was born like basically alone. I'm going to live in my consciousness by myself. When I go to bed at night, no one can hear what I hear or feel what I feel. And I want to be at peace with me. So what anyone else thinks is just, I have to like, sometimes it's easy to brush off and depending on whatever circumstances it may, I may have to do more work, but like, I'm just here to live in my own harmony and it's unique for all of us. It is. Yes. And it takes time to, evolve into those places too, I think. 
And then I think that, that yeah. your story is such a beautiful example of that, that people can, regardless of where you're sitting right now, there's always space for growth and change and evolution. And like, and you're never at your final destination. So you just keep working. <laughs> yeah. Day by day and being gentle because like with me, I just learned that I have to be my own best friend. Like there's going to be people that just don't like me, no matter how hard I try, no matter how much I think I am giving my all. And there's people even in my family that I love and they just don't like me or they think that I'm being fake the way that I'm being or they think that I'm still the old me mm. and they just want that to be true. Yeah. And I like at first it would bother me, but then I'm like, I have to give myself permission and be my own best friend here. I know where my heart's at. I know who I am. And like we have to be like that just throughout our journey. And if we're like that, we can find ourselves being shameless, right? Because then you're like, okay, I'm only here trying to prove myself to me, no one else. Right. And when you have that mindset, the boundaries come like yes. the boundaries become clear and obvious. And it's not a fight for how am I going to do this? And should I say it? And should I not? And what, you know, like it's the clarity comes, I think. Yeah. And being boundaries, I mean, that could be a whole podcast <laughs> in itself is like how boundaries, like, you know, will make you feel like a bitch. Yeah you have to do some work around it just to make sure because it's like we, especially as women, we're learned, we're taught to make other people happy, to be polite. And we want to show up and put on our best face. And you know, life is not all about that. There's, there's days where it's going to be hard and there's days where it's going to be fun. But what if we just give ourselves permission just to be ourselves? And like, one of my favorite things is like, just come as you are. So I always remind myself when I'm judging myself or feeling whatever I'm feeling is like, can I just come as I am right now. Like, and also when we don't feel like we love ourselves, that's the time where we really work on self-love. Like it's like mm -hmm. our most unloving. And even with our kids, like when my daughter's being difficult, <laughs> I'll find myself triggered. And then I'm like, wait, this is the time where she needs my love. This is the time where I work on conditional love. Totally. I'm thinking of like yesterday afternoon when my son and I were walking down the street and he was having a fit and I walked a block ahead of him because I was so annoyed with him. And yeah. I was thinking that I was like, this is when he really needs me. And I'm so annoyed. I just want to like walk away. <laughs> I do too. Like, I mean, I think I love the book, <laughs> the conscious parent book by Dr. Shapali. It's amazing, but um, it's so great because it just shows where we're triggered. And it's like the way that we are about to abandon ourselves or abandon our kids moment to moment it's just like exploring all of these things and giving ourselves permission to know that like, we're all here learning every day. Right, right. That's a great way to end it. So thank you so much. This has been so great. And I want everyone to go get the book. And I want people to find you, you on social media. So tell people where they can find you and where they can connect with you. Tell them about the book, the podcast and yeah. everything else. Sure. So my book, Oh Shift, The Journey from Chaos to Consciousness is on Amazon. It's also on my website, NicoleSylvester.com. Nicole is spelled with an H. My podcast, Oh Shift Show, is on all of the podcast platforms, and it's a new episode every Monday, so go check that out. It's all things spirituality, confidence, self-love, and money mindset. The other thing I was going to say is that I do have a five-day meditation challenge. I haven't announced it yet, but it's one of the biggest things I do all year. People love it. And you'll get to see I have a unique style of meditation that's like an activating style. So if you are following me, if you're on any of my platforms, Facebook or Instagram, you'll hear about it. So join me. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. This has been so awesome, Nicole. Thank you so much for, for being here today. Yes. Thank you.
Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be Shameless Mom of the Week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.